This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. So this morning, it is a big day for us as we start with Vision Sunday. And it is usually the beginning of what every year should be about. It's the first of firsts. It's vision so that it sets our path and our track forward. But you've seen some of the changes happening. And for some of you, you're not aware of everything. Some of you are not aware of anything. And that's why we thought it well to start the first weekend of the year by communicating all the different things that are happening in the church to our congregation and to our members. So this morning, let me start by saying this. In Proverbs 29, the Bible says, If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So here we see very, very clearly that people need to see what God is doing. Because if we don't know the plans and the purposes of God, we don't know the vision and direction of God, then we're going to stumble all over ourselves. And we don't want you to stumble. We as a church have been doing church this way for 39 years, and there was nothing wrong with it. But we realized that some things we were giving less attention to that we should be giving a lot of attention to. And if you focus on the wrong things and you do it perfectly, how many of you know that you're still wrong? Look what D.L. Moody says. He says, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. So our incredible leaders, Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev, has decided after 39 years, this is a new direction, this is a new value, this is a new program, and we, they want us to embrace this. And it's given me the privilege and the honor of communicating this to you this morning. So when we speak about our mandate in the past, we said that our mandate has always been, first of all, that lost people should be saved. That, that's always been our mandate in our vision statement, in our mission statement. Our mandate is lost people must be saved. Secondly, saved people must be pastored. Thirdly, pastored people must be trained. Hey, and let me just quickly take a time out here. How many of you have downloaded the app? Five of you. That's very encouraging. Great. Well done. Good. Okay, so our app, our new website is up and running, and our new app is running. So please download the app, go to the notes, and you can fill in all the blank spaces. And at the end of the notes, you can email the notes to yourself. So it's all working on the app. So I want to encourage you guys to do that and uh, follow with me. And if you get it wrong, don't worry about spelling. This is nice. This is almost like school. You don't worry about spelling, I think. Uh, and uh, if it's wrong, it will tell you it's an error, and you just click on it, and it will give you the right word. So... It's, uh, it's, it's very, very easy to do. Okay, so our mandate is lost people must be saved, saved people must be pastored, and pastored people must be trained, number three. And number four, trained people, they need to be mobilized. So we missed it. In the last couple of years, we've missed that vision as a church, I believe. We did not attend. All of a sudden, in the last year and a half, no, our salvations became less. Our new members attending the church became less, which means that we as the church are not going out to get people saved, which means that we are not training people, discipling them. We are not mobilizing people to go out there. And so we need to be fearless in our application, and we need to go out there and bring the lost into the church. The church, I said this about a couple of weeks ago, the church is not for the church. It's for the unchurched. Amen. 
So many people say, oh, Pastor Johnny, I don't like it. It's the only 30-minute message. It's not for you. It's for the unchurched. It's for our guests that come, yeah. And eventually half the church will be full of guests. And that's what we want so that we can fulfill truly our mandate. Jesus gave us the vision. He told us exactly what it is that we should do. And here in Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah prophesies about the vision that Jesus spoke about in the New Testament when he was handed the scroll of Isaiah. He read this exact portion and he said, now it's fulfilled in your hearing. Listen to what the word of God says. It says, Jesus speaking, but here through the prophet Isaiah, years and years, years before the time, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Jesus here gives us his vision. And let me, let me summarize it by highlighting four points in this vision statement. Number one. We are to proclaim the good news. Family, each and every one of us are called to proclaim the good news. Your testimony, whether it's a word of encouragement, whether it is a specific counseling or bereavement, we are to proclaim the good news that Jesus died for our sins and that we can go to heaven if we receive him as Lord and Savior. Amen? Yes, I heard 5,000 people say amen. So we are to proclaim the good news. Do not fear. Do not fear. Help yeah, but Pastor Johnny, this community is coming against me. This group is coming against me. This You proclaim the good news. Amen. Come on, let's be bold like the Lion of Judah. Secondly, we are to bind up the brokenhearted. We have forgotten that art as a church. How are you doing today? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, well, uh, you know, just three scriptures and see you tomorrow. We have forgotten that art. And we need to repent of that. And we need to do it right. And so therefore, we are saying is that there are people in our church that are broken hearted. That are going through terrible times. Perhaps you've gone through Christmas. You say, Pastor Johnny, Christmas for everybody else is a great time. And New Year's is a time of celebration and party. But for me, it was a time of I brought my family together. But we had more arguments and fights during that time that we just scattered the, to, uh, all over. And, and we didn't have a great Christmas. We, there was more infighting with the family. And this one was angry with that one. And that one refused to give up on this thing and that thing. And, and how many of you know what I'm talking about? And so I'm broken hearted because I didn't spend time with my family. But I'm also broken hearted maybe of things that's happening in my life. Maybe I went through this time when it's a time of joyous celebration. I went through a divorce. I lost a loved one. I'm broken hearted. We as the church, not the pastors, not the leadership. We as the church must bind up the broken hearted. Amen, family. 
Thirdly, is to bestow on them beauty instead of ashes. Once again, so many people are finding themselves in the ashes of their life. It's like everything is burned down around them. For some people, it's physically. Other people, it's literally. And you just feel like your whole life has been destroyed. And nobody cares. Nobody's asking me. This one just passes me. This one says, don't worry. It will be okay. But it's not good enough. Or I've been branded with this label in my life. You this type or you that type. Or you, yeah, you, you, you did this. And because of this, I'm now, you know. And forever I find myself in the ashes of life. Is nobody going to give me a break? And so we don't care about your background. We don't care what you've done. We don't care where you find yourself, but we do care to change the ashes into beauty. We want to change ashes into beauty. And so fourthly, once we've done that, we proclaim the good news, we bind up the brokenhearted, we bestow on them the beauty instead of ashes, we want to rebuild others. And that you then, because now you are established you can also then rebuild others pastoring the church is not selected to a few people that's on staff or leaders every person you are a leader in this church but i don't have a badge pastor johnny you don't need a badge to tell people you're a leader amen pastor johnny i'm here to collect my badge because he said i'm a leader now no you're missing the point we'll give you one if you want to but they rebuild others. We have become so hard as a nation, as a people. And in the church, it should not be. We must rebuild. If there's a place where they must see unity, it's here. No matter what is happening outside the doors. And then we're going to carry this into our communities. And we can change our city. So when people see us, when I get to that restaurant and I, once again I take out my card and say, just something a little extra to show you that God loves you and so do we at Christian Family Church. People are saying, you're the 50th person that has been giving me these great tips. What a great advert for your condition of your heart. And so it says, <clears throat> or in order to do that, so let me rather say it this way. In other words, this is, the, this is the vision that Jesus gives us. In order to do that, we must, as he says in Mark 16, do the following. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Then the disciples went out and they preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. We need to, family, do four things. We need to preach the word. We need to pastor people. But I'm not a pastor yet. You pastor. I need to disciple people. Tell them about the word of God. Get them onto Bible college. Get them onto growth track. I'll talk about that just now. I need to disciple people. Tell them about the word of God. And then we need to send them so that they can do the same as what we do. Amen. That is our mandate. Preach the word. Pastor them. Disciple them. And send them. So we have new values. We've adopted new values in the church. We speak them. We live now by them. And it is changing our behavior. We are not there yet 100%. So don't come to me afterwards, Pastor Johnny. You didn't look at me. So what about that binding up the broken hearted now? <laughs> I'm getting there. 
But by all means, pull me on my jacket. Say, Pastor Johnny, won't you pray for me? Amen. Pastor Johnny, won't you just talk to me quickly? Amen. But don't stand in the corner and say, you passed me by. I didn't even know you were standing there. So we have these values that is changing our behavior. Secondly, we, we live out our values through programs that we're introducing into the church. And together, it's going to help us to achieve the vision and the mission of this church. So let me give you four things, four values, and four programs that we've introduced into the church so that you know as a congregation member exactly how you're going to get connected in these areas. The first thing, which is a value, is that you must know God. You must know God. You must, in other words, connect with God, and you must also connect with people. You cannot be in this church and not know God and not know His Word. You must have a personal relationship. If you're going to pass the people, if you're going to look after people, if you're going to take care of people, you need to know the Word. You need to know God. In Matthew 7, 21, Jesus said, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Just because you can recite one or two scriptures, you must know God. That means you must be in church. Ouch. And we're going to introduce a principle as we go on. Worship one, serve one. So many people are late in, late out. And we understand because we haven't told you where we would like you to be involved in. And so we're going to help you change and become part of what it is that we're doing. So that's the first value. Know God, connect with God, and connect with people. Now let me tell you the program that goes with that. We create weekend worship experiences that both the unchurched and the church people love attending. Because some people would say to us, Pastor Johnny, I'm not going to come to your church. Of course, you guys sing for 50 minutes, and then you preach for three hours, and then you take all my money by the time I leave the door. And so... I have to admit, sometimes I would not want to bring people. Who, who's the speaker? Woo, yesterday. No, that's not going to work out for them. And so we're saying, no. We are creating services that's good for the unchurched and for the churched. Are you with me, family? <laughs> Secondly, because reaching the lost is the biblical mandate. Our great commission says that we are to go and to reach the lost. Thirdly, because heaven and hell are realities. As long as there is a hell, we have a lot of work to do to get people to come into heaven. Amen? If there's no more hell, this program is off. Okay? But there is a heaven and there is a hell, and those are realities, and we want to ensure they go the right way by giving him the choice. Because inviting, number four, unchurched people to a life-giving church service is one of the most effective methods to witness to people. You see, you do not have to do the work of the Holy Spirit. All you have to do is bring them. All you do have to do is bring them. And the Spirit of God will do the work in their life. Number two, second value, find freedom. Find freedom. You see, we have people in the church, even in leadership positions, that are not free. They are bound maybe by pornography or they're bound by, 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 by uh, upset hearts and unforgiveness in their hearts. They're bound by, by maybe their divorce that happened 10 years ago. But all they can talk about every weekend is their divorce. And they are not free. And they're supposed to help you. And you sit in the group and say, really, is this what I came for?
And if the leader is not free, how is the leader going to help me? <laughs> how am I going to say to him, hey, brother, I'm going through divorce. Like, yeah, women, they are bad, man. <laughs> or men, whew, we can do without them. I don't need a leader like that. Leader, you need freedom. And we're going to help you at the church. We're going to take you through a process of, get, of receiving freedom or getting free in certain areas. And then once you've done that, we're going to bring you right back in and connect you in whatever area of service that you would like to be involved. So it says here in James 5.16, Therefore confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, I'm not expecting everybody now to say, Okay, so I'm now the priest confessed. Yes, it's been five days since my last confession, Father. You know, No, no, that's not what we say. I'm saying... That freedom happens in small groups. And that's where you can talk to... I mean, ladies, I'll use you guys now, all right? Ladies, I mean, when you, five or six of you together, or maybe not even, just two of you together, all right? You confess your deeper secrets to one another. And why don't we have that kind of relationship? I'm not expecting everybody, okay, here it comes. Here's all my secrets. No, we don't. we're just saying is that in that relationship, that's where change happens. I'm frustrated with this. I'm, 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 I need help in this area. And that's what we want to do. So we want to get, get people free so that they can lead effectively. And if you have a challenge, because people, it, it used to be taboo. We're not going to talk about it. But now we're saying is, if there's a challenge, we're going to help you. We've set up a whole freedom department to help people because we realize we've been naive. Now, our people don't sin in this church. But they do. And it's not a problem. We can help you. Is that okay with everybody? So, number one, so that's our value. We want you to find freedom. How are we going to do it? We create small groups where people can experience community, find freedom, and take their next steps on their road of recovery. Number two, that's not a stigma. I want you to know this. This is not a stigma. Are oh, you in freedom groups now? Oh, shame. No, you need them to be in freedom groups. Number two, because small groups are the biblical model. We see that in the days of Jethro, Moses' father-in-law introduced a model of, of groups. We see Jesus had a group. And we see this is the biblical model. Number three, because life change, I love, the, I love this. Life change happens in relationships. You see, normally I cannot relate sometimes to my leader. But if I have a relationship, so groups are relationships. So change, life change happens in relationships. And we don't want you just to have a group. We want you to have a relationship. You see, I've joined now a, a running club two months ago. Um, to train every morning, get up at four o'clock, and most of them are women. And I'll tell you what, um, we run, and after like three or four days, I'm finished. And they say, do you need to rest? I say, yes. And they say, are you ready? I said, no. They say, okay, let's go. So they don't give me a gap whatsoever, <laughs> okay? And so, but hey, they're my group. Do they know that pastors run? They don't know it yet, but they're my group. I'm working on them. For two months, I haven't said a word. I try to avoid what I do or where I'm from or whatever the case may be. And uh, I'm running with them. And at the right time, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening to their needs. Where can I bind up the brokenhearted? Where can I bestow beauty instead of ashes? Amen. I'm listening. And at the right time, I'm going to bring them. And I'm going to bring them to church. Amen. Because it is. Life change happens in relationship. I've got to have a relationship with them first. I can't say on the first day, okay, Laka, I'm the pastor who's coming to church this weekend. Guess what? That running group just closed down overnight. 
Number four, because people need to be known. People want to be known. You don't want to just be a number. Many people say the critique against a big church is, I'm just a number. Nobody really knows me. And we are for a big church. But we are also for the fact that you can be known in groups. That's where people can know you. That is where you can be known. That's where you can, even if you join the dream team, that's where you can be known. Whether you're a greeter, parking cars, helping in administration, capturing information, whatever it might be, working in a sound desk, working in making coffee, whatever it might be, you can be known there. Even though we are a big church, you can be known. We strive to be a big church, but in a group, we can know you. Number three, the third value and third program is discover purpose. You must discover your purpose. You see, nine out of ten people do not know their purpose. Nine out of ten people in this world are working in jobs and are allocated to certain tasks and roles and responsibilities, but they do not know their purpose, and that's why they sometimes find themselves to be frustrated with the process. I don't like this. I, I don't know why I'm here. It's like me asking me to go to children's ministry. I love the children, but I'm, I'm, like my wife calls me, I'm five-minute grandpa. You know, I can deal five minutes with the kids. Okay, I've got to go. got to go do something else. Now. And then I'm back again in five minutes. And, uh, but I can't do it for an hour. So, hey, you put me in children's ministry. Yes, I'm unhappy. But give me something else to do that is, uh, that, that where I've discovered my purpose and I love what I do. And we want to help you discover your purpose so that whatever you do, you will say, this is what I was created to do. Amen. So discovering purpose in Romans 12 or 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So here is, that's the value. Here is the program to help make that work. We create an easy, obvious, and effective growth track where people can discover their purpose. Growth track is our new assimilation program where we take members of the church, new people that wants to join the church, that wants to be part of the church, that wants to be serving and, and leading and whatever it might be. And that process, four steps, four steps is the process how we assimilate people so that they understand the vision of the church. We don't need somebody to door and say, hey, what does this connect mean? This is no, um, you know, uh, I don't know, you got, uh, I don't know. We want you to know, when you're serving, you must know the values of the church. You must understand the programs of the church. If you're leading, you must understand the values of the church. And so growth track is going to help you do and achieve exactly that. Secondly, because every believer has a spiritual gift. Pastor Johnny, I don't have a spiritual gift. You have a spiritual gift. God created you that way. Number three, because the main function of ministry or ministers is to equip the church to do ministry. Our function as the leadership of the church is to help the rest of the members to equip them for the ministry that God has called them to be in. And number four, because the discovery of purpose produces hope. Discovery of purpose produces hope. There's nothing like someone that finds their niche. I mean, you don't have to motivate that person. I mean, I love it. Clive, one of the, uh, the gentlemen, he's a, he's a retired chief financial officer of a huge corporation. And Clive parks cars in the parking lot. He doesn't say, but hey, I'm the chief financial officer. I used to work in a fancy dancy office. Surely I must now be in charge. I'll count the cars or something. No, no. He's serving. And Clive loves it. Come on, let's give Clive a great hand of applause. <clears throat> 
The discovery of purpose produces hope. Because if there's hope, then there's vision. And if there's vision, I have purpose. Number four, the fourth value and fourth program. First, the value, make a difference. Make a difference. I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago in making a difference. Give something extra so to show that God loves you. But make a difference. Be different. Show people that you are different. The Bible says in Acts 20, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Jesus has given each and every one of us a task to complete. What is your task? If you don't know, go on the growth track and find out. Discover your purpose. And then once you know that, Come and join us. We would love you to join us and make a difference. Family, we want, to, we want to pastor the connected church. You must be connected in what we do. Through groups, through the dream team, be connected in serving one, worshiping one. Being here as part of this organism. We are the church. And we want you to be connected. And if you don't want to be connected, we're okay with that. We're just not going to connect with you. But we want you to, we want, I want each and every person to be connected. We'll still pastor the unconnected church. But if you connect it, we're going to be in your face and we're going to do life together. So we want to make a difference. The first thing, we create an easy, obvious, and effective process. This is the program where people can serve on the dream team. The dream team. The dream team is another word for volunteers, and I'm never going to use the word volunteers after this again because they are dream teamers. They dream with us. They're part of a team, and they're seeing the vision. They're seeing the goals, and they're dreaming with us, and they make the teamwork or the dream. The team makes the... Yeah, you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Thank you for filling in the blanks. The team makes the dream work. Because people ministering or serving is the biblical model. We see two examples of that. The lady with the, the woman with the alabaster a jar, it says forever will she be remembered. We speak about Dorcas making clothes and having died. And the people say we remember her. Your gift will make a way for you. Because people ministering is the biblical model. Because people need to be needed. There are some of you that have exceptional gifts inside of you. There are some of you that are financial experts. Pastor Neville Opperman, he's going to be leading a financial group. He's going to be leading how to budget. Is it possible that people don't know how to budget? Yes. And it's because, and because they don't know, they, they trip themselves up, get into debt and make wrong decisions. We're going to help you. We call it free market groups. You can join it just for three weeks and, 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 and be trained by the facilitator on how to budget properly for, for your finances, how to make proper investments, how to look at financially at things. Maybe we'll have a group where there's a lot of business people and say, we're looking at these things just to iron sharpens iron type of idea. So that's what we're going to do. Because people need to be needed. And when people do that, they feel that they belong and they are needed. The sense of belonging. Lastly, because serving others meets the greatest need of the human heart. Serving others meets the greatest need of the human heart. You know, there's nothing like helping the lady across the street, putting somebody's bags into their boot, helping somebody perhaps at the checkout counter. Maybe they don't have all the money. They're 10 cents short, 20 cents short, 2 rand, 10 rand, 20 rand. Let me just pay it for you. 
you have to admit, it makes your heart feel warm because you've done a great deed for another human being. You don't want the recognition. You just want to do something good. You want to make a difference. And so let me close and summarize as follows. Vision Sunday is all about understanding the new values and also the new programs. The values is lived out in our programs. The programs gives meaning to the values. And so success is when people are moving on the spiritual journey that God has for them. Family, we need each and every one of you to be part of the program. We move people from lost to saved by providing a weekend service where they can know God, where they can connect with God, and they can connect with other spiritual people. We move people from saved to pastored by providing a small group where they can find freedom. We move people from uh, sorry, we move people from dis- discipled to mobilized by providing a dream team where they can make a difference. Look what it says here in Mark 8. It's important for you to see the vision, to know the values, to know the programs, and how they complement one another. The, the, the values in the program cannot stand on its own. We have to become the values. We have to become the program. The program in itself is not going to produce any success. Your participation, you becoming the connected church, is going to make it a success. And so look what Jesus says here in Mark 8. And here's the the story of the blind man that couldn't see this. It says here, they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him for healing. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside, outside the village. And when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. In other words, his vision was not yet clear. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. This morning, if the vision was perhaps unclear to you, We are laying hands on you, on your spiritual eyes, so that you can see clearly. So that you can see clearly the vision that God has for us as a church. So what is our value statement? Let me keep on repeating it. Our value statement is connect, discover, belong, and grow. Those are our four values. Let me just further explain it. Connect means to connect with God and with people, to know God, to have an intimate relationship. You see, we had at one stage people serving four services on a weekend and not attending one service. And although I commend you for serving four services, but you need the word of God in your heart. Otherwise, it's going to leak out of you like water out of a bucket full of holes. That's why you need to worship one and you need to serve one. And we want you to come when you, even though you're a leader, maybe Louis as the head deacon, is that we're going to say, Louis, this is your worship service. So Louis must sit down. He's not allowed to touch anything. That's going to be quite strange for a lot of people. Okay? Just sit. Be, be a pew warmer for that service. Okay? Just be a, uh, uh, and you worship and you receive the word. And then the second service, that's when you're going to serve. Because you need the word. 
but we also want you to connect with us and we want you to serve. So connect with God and connect with people. Discover your gifts and your purpose so that you can grow. Belong to the family to find freedom so that you can meet in a group anywhere at any time. Groups are going to be one hour long. The days of, I remember some groups. Yesterday we went close to midnight at times. Okay? And eventually I don't want to go to that group because it's too long. I love the group, but it's too long. And the leader feels like they've got to preach everything from Genesis to Revelation. And it's not even in the notes. So now we say, no, 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 no. Okay? Anytime, anywhere. So, hey, are we, we are Clive, Clive uh, Nyakutsi has got a group. Uh, they meet at the Mug and Bean in Glemare every Saturday morning. That's their group. That's what we want you to do. Anytime, anywhere, just meet for an hour. And then, wh what do I do, Pastor Johnny? All we need you to do is encourage people. Give them a scripture of something that God put in your heart. Be able to pray for them and tell them about their next steps. What do I do? What do I do, Clive? What, what is my next step in the church? Hey, bring somebody to church. What, is my, what, what, what else should I do in the church? Well, go on the growth track. What, what, what else can I do? Uh, join a, a group. What else can I do? Become part of the dream team. Belong to the family. Become connected. And then lastly, grow, serve, and make a difference. As you grow, you serve, and you make a difference in this church. So here's my challenge to you this morning. What is your next step? Here's our four programs on the back screen. The first one is weekend services. You say, Pastor Johnny, I don't know what's my next step. Bring somebody to church next weekend. That's all. How many people's lives have you touched this weekend? Yesterday? Last week? How many people's lives have you touched? How many people's lives have you touched? If you're touching lives, bring them to church. If you're not touching people's lives, there's something wrong. We need to be the light. We need to preach the word, family. So weekend services, bring someone to church. That's easy, right? I know this is too easy. You might say, Woo, I thought it was going to be 50 steps. No, it's just one step. Just bring someone. Secondly, we're going to do the growth track. The growth track is our four-step program. Week one, like now, step one. Week two, step two. Week three, step three. Week four, step four. And then we start all over again. So we're going to do 12 times a year. Every weekend. So directly after the service, 15 minutes after the service ends, at 10 o'clock, when the second service starts, if you want to go on growth track, you're going to go through those doors. First 200, we're going to welcome you because we've only got 200 seats in there. Okay? So rush to get your seat, okay? If you're there, we're going to give you a great cup of coffee, and then we're going to start on step one of assimilating you into what we want to achieve. Thirdly, we want you to become part of the small groups. Lead anywhere, anytime, in relationship, not groups, in relationship. And fourthly, we want you to become part of the dream team. Everybody that wants to be a leader and wants to be part of the dream team, if you want to serve, even if it's a deacon, but I'm not a leader. You must go through growth track. I've gone through growth track. Apostle Theo and Bev has gone through growth track. In actual fact, they presented. You're going to hear them speak personally. All our, 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 our full-time staff has gone through growth track. And 500 of our leaders has already gone through growth track as well. That's why these guys with these t-shirts, they're all part of the leadership team. Let's give the leaders a great round of applause. So what is your next step? I'm going to tell you what's my next step. I'm going to quickly take a selfie here. 
okay? How about that? All right? And I'm going to post this on Facebook, and you guys are going to be in the background, okay? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to invite more and more people. Are you ready? Smile. All right, that's my next step. I'm telling in the witnesses of each, each and every person here, I'm going to bring people to church. In my groups where I'm at, whatever it might be. What is your next step? Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.